here we are. Um, we're in a season called Advent where we are talking about the arrival of Jesus. It's a season that is widely celebrated during the month of December. And we happen to be on the very last one, which is peace. And like I said, your kids are in here. It's Christmas Eve. We're talking about peace. Let the chaos ensue, right? Revelation chapter 12, here we go. Um, and let me, let me give you this context really quick. When we talk about peace, like a biblical peace, a theology of peace, you read the verses about peace in Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. If you do not understand the context of this peace theologically, you'll miss the bedrock of it, which is Revelation chapter 12. So here's what I want to tell you this morning, and this is why we just, I couldn't help myself, we have to be here. If we're going to have a message on peace, you got to have the foundation of peace, you got to have the theological bedrock of peace, which is Revelation chapter 12. Once we read Revelation chapter 12, every other verse in scripture that talks about peace is going to make sense. When the heavens armies cheer as Jesus enters into the world, the arrival of peace, it's going to make more sense. When Paul says we have a peace that transcends our own understanding, it's going to make sense. When Isaiah prophesies that the prince of peace is going to usher in a government of peace that will last forever. This makes so much more sense. So we have to have Revelation chapter 12. Here is the theological foundation of every passage of peace throughout the rest of scripture. Are you ready for some revelation on Christmas Eve morning? <laughs> okay, here we go. You're like, no, just make it quick. My kids are already losing their minds. Mine too. It's okay. Here we are. Revelation 12, starting in verse 1. Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant, and she cried out because of her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. You catch the setting already, right? We have Mary, radiant as the sun, moon beneath her feet, crying out in agony, giving birth, to Jesus. Advent, arrival, here we are. Verse 3. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. This is what we have to understand when we talk about peace. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, with seven crowns on his head. His tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky and threw them to the earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. So now we have Mary giving birth, Advent, arrival, and we have the red dragon with his army waiting to devour the baby that is being born. <clears throat> she gave birth to a son who was to rule all nations with an iron rod. And her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1,260 days. Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle. 
and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with his angels. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, it has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ, for the accuser of the brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. Verse 11, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, we'll come back to that multiple times, Rejoice, O heavens, but terror will come and the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. Verse 13, when the dragon realized that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child, but she was given two wings like those of a great eagle so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. There she would be cared for and protected from the dragon for a time, times, and half a time. Then the dragon tried to drown the woman with a flood of water that flowed from his mouth. But the earth helped her by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that gushed out from the mouth of the dragon. And the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children. That's us. So now, let's paint the whole picture. Woman agonizing, radiant as the sun, moon beneath her feet, about to give birth. The dragon and all of his legion of armies, the rebellious angels turned demons, come to earth. And they want to destroy the birth of this child, but they couldn't get to the birth of the child who rises up to win the war and usher in peace. And instead, the dragon said, I'll go after their children. There is a war going on for your peace today. There is a war going on every day for our peace. So we continue on. All who keep God's commands and maintain their testimony of Jesus. Verse 18, then the dragon took his stand on the shore beside the sea. There is some light Christmas Eve morning reading for you. Here's what happened. Revelation chapter 12 paints this picture of our peace. The day we celebrate, we light the candle of Advent and we light the candle this weekend of peace and we are celebrating the arrival of peace. But that arrival of peace is not just a newborn, eight pound, six ounce, snuggly, sweet baby Jesus wrapped in gold lined diapers as Ricky Bobby prays, right? That peace that is ushered into the world is a baby in the form of a warrior and the battle that is happening is a cosmic war for our peace. We have to understand this. The good news is Jesus won the war. Thank you so much. The good news is Jesus won the war. The context we have to understand is the peace that we celebrate today. There is so much more happening than the manger scene. The manger scene is what is happening here. What else was happening during this time when we celebrate Advent is this cosmic war of the angel, the demons, Mary, face to face with the devil, fighting against 
the devil for the battle for our peace. There is a cosmic war taking place behind the scene of the manger, and that war is for our peace. That's the context we have to understand. Now when we read these verses about peace, you're going to see it. You're going to say, oh yeah, heaven's armies are rejoicing. Oh yes, prince of peace, government of peace. It makes sense. All of it is in fulfillment of Revelation chapter 12. We have to understand the context of our peace comes in a cosmic war for who gets a hold of it. Let me give you an example. Uh, guys, you got that? Throw, throw up our Christmas card picture, please. Throw it up there. On three, give me a good all. One, two, three. Aren't they beautiful? I love them so much. Like every single one, I can look through the picture and I can just, I can see their personality on all those pictures. Such a beautiful picture. Such a wonderful crew. Can I tell you something? You do not understand the cosmic war that goes behind making a picture like that happen. Parents of children, am I lying? It is like you see this beautiful picture, and I mean, it's wonderful. Here is the backstory to that, right? Um, got four kids. One of them's crying, one of them's mad, one of them has already screwed up their outfit, and we've had to audible to a wardrobe change because they were eating candy when they weren't supposed to be eating anything before, right? So we've got a messed up outfit. We've got one that's upset. We've got one that's crying. We've got another one that's hungry because they can't eat before pictures because they can't get food on their outfit, right? I mean, that's the whole, the, the mom rule. I go, no, no, you'll eat afterwards. You can catch up on that outfit. You're dead, Right? So we've got all of these rules going on. We pay for a 15-minute session, and we're 15 minutes late. I'm stressed out because I don't do late. I can't stand being late. So I'm walking around the house, and I'm saying, can we leave, please? Canaan's like, right, exactly. I'm starving, and Zion's upset, and Zadok's spilling stuff all over himself. And I'm like, I, let's just go. And Anna's like, I'm not ready yet. And I'm like, I don't care. If we don't leave now, we're going to not even make it in time for the picture. So either go half ready, or we don't go at all. And they're like, well, you always get wound up and uptight. And I'm like, Arr! so we get there. We show up. I'm sweating. She's sweating. We get the kids out of the car. One of them will not smile to save his life. And then, you know, like the, the threats through the teeth start happening. You will smile or I'll take away every Pokemon card that you have and I'll burn them in front of you, right? Like you will smile during this day. I'm going to count to three, you better be, and then all of a sudden it's like, I can't say it two, three, there it is. Beautiful, right? Wonderful. But when you understand the cosmic war that went behind there, you have a greater appreciation for the picture. If when you think Advent and when you think peace, and when you think arrival is purely the manger scene of beautiful, snugly wrapped Jesus and Mary and Joseph and wise men coming and a star shining in the air, you are completely missing the context of peace. Peace came by cosmic war on what we celebrate tomorrow morning at the birth of Jesus. The beautiful part about this is this, Jesus wins the war. Jesus overcomes for our peace. So let me walk you through 
a couple passages now. Um, some of them you'll be very familiar with as we dive into now. What is this peace that fulfills Revelation chapter 12? Number one is this. The war on peace has been won. That's what we have to keep reminding ourselves. And I think it's important, we're living in a time where there is just chaotic things from war and, and tragedy sweeping across our world today. We have to understand the war on peace has been won. Our peaceful warrior is the greatest warrior for peace. We, we, there is no army that we could trust in that's going to save and rescue and sustain our peace like King Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 says, for a child is born to us, a son is given, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Shalom. This is really important. This is an introduction of a Hebrew word that is a different kind of peace than what they've contended for in the past. Shalom is a peace of contentment. It is a peace of wholeness. The word literally means complete and whole. So what we're saying here is this, that Jesus is coming, and when Jesus comes, he will make all things completely peaceful, wholly peaceful, 100% peaceful, and then the verse continues on, his government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. This is super interesting now. But as you see verses about peace throughout scripture, you're going to see heaven's armies rejoicing, heaven's armies present, heaven's armies celebrating. Why? Because the context of our peace happens inside of a war. So heaven's armies are always there and they're always cheering. And what Isaiah 6, what Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 is saying is that the battle of peace when won is going to bring in a different kind of peace. It is an everlasting peace. It is a whole peace. It is a peace of completeness and a peace of wholeness. It's different than what the world gives. This is why Jesus says, John chapter 14, peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. What is he saying? I've got a different kind of peace for you than the peace that you're wanting because the peace that I give wins the war. But it's a different kind of peace. Maybe I'll, I'll give it to you this way. Um, my, my kids are home now for the next 18 days. <laughs> right? They're home for 18 days. Thank you, schools, for that one. Right? And I'll just be real honest with you. And, and here's the thing. They're not only home for 18 days, but they're eating all of the, the baked goods and sugar and candy and candy canes full of kisses and cookies with the peppermint and Reese's dipped in the white chocolate. All the stuff you're giving me, right? All the stuff that you've given me, they are jacked up on sugar and wired off on Red 40, right? They're just losing their minds on this stuff. And they're home for 18 days, and I'll tell you something, I used to be really, really bad at this. Um, in fact, I, I mean, it's one of, the, one of the areas I've had to really improve on. I am a person of routine. 
I am, can you tell I'm a little wound tight, maybe, just a little bit? Like, I'm a, I'm a routine person. It's got, I could do the exact same thing every day, wake up at the same time, do the same thing, eat the same meal every single day and be fully content. Add four children and 18 days of home with them to that, right? And all of a sudden, my routine is off, everything's off. So uh, there was a time, I think it was probably last Christmas or Thanksgiving break, or probably both, um, I became the dictator of peace in my home. I was like, you know what we need? We need peace in this house. And I'm the head of this house. You know what that means? I'm going to make sure it's peaceful. Here are the rules. No loud talking. No screaming. No yelling. You break those rules, you're punished. You break the peace of this home, you're in trouble. The, the downstairs TV will not go above the volume of 12. The upstairs TV will not go above the volume of 16. You will not wrestle. You will not fight. You will not run. You will not throw things. You break something, you're in timeout for 30 minutes. We will have peace in this house. And I'm like, man, I'm just doing such a great job, right? So everyone, everyone is like annoyed with me because I'm like, no, no, no. You're breaking the peace of my home. Go to your room. I was not Jesus' peace. I was like Pax Romana. Rome will rule. I will control peace, right? Here is the peace. And so I'm walking around, and I'm policing this all over. And, like, my whole family's annoyed with me. I'm annoyed with myself. I am, I am trying to keep the peace, and I am frustrated out of my mind. How does that work? And so I, I literally, and, like, look, I got my issues. You got yours. Don't judge me. But I was, I was in a counseling office. I went to a counselor. And I'm sitting with my counselor, and he's like, what, what are your needs right now? And I'm like, I just need peace. <laughs> peace, somehow. Like, how do I do that? And he looked at me, and he asked me this question. And I thought this was so good. I, I don't like him to this day for it because it was such a good question. He said, let me ask you something, Luke. He said, are you looking for your peace or the Lord's peace? And I was like, dang it. Why are you going to make it about Jesus right now? I just want my peace, right? And so he asked me that, and I mean the Lord started speaking to me. The peace that you are looking for is not the peace that the Lord gives. It's not complete. It's not whole. It's ruled by a frustrated and annoyed dictator. Go home and change the peace of your home. So we have this 18-day break, right? And we came together, and we said, what is peace going to look like? We're going to embrace the chaos, Embrace the chaos, Corey. Just embrace the, like we just said, hey, you know what? I am going to go for a different peace. And the peace that I'm going to go for is a complete and whole peace that comes from Jesus. He's given me these kids. I'm going to embrace the chaos of my home. You know something? If you are chasing a peace that doesn't come from Jesus, the one thing you're going to get is dissatisfaction. If your life revolves around a peace that doesn't come from him, all you're going to experience is dissatisfaction and, salute, and looking for the one thing that can settle your soul. Here's the whole message of Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. There is a different peace that is coming. There is a different peace that is walking in. So now let's jump into Luke 2, 11 through 14. This is when the peace arrives. There is peace that is coming. There is peace that has come. And there is peace that is gone and left with us. Luke 2, 11 through 14. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Verse 13, 
Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others. Here they are, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. This is so interesting to see. Who is rejoicing as Jesus is arriving? The armies of heaven. Why? Because in the form of a baby, the warrior for our peace is arriving. He arrives lamb and lion. He arrives baby and conquer. The reason we have to understand this is this. Jesus is not intimidated by the challenges you're facing to your peace. Jesus is not overwhelmed by the things that are trying to contend for your peace. Jesus came in the form of lamb and lion, baby and warrior to win the cosmic war for our peace. There is, uh, my son does jujitsu. And he's been doing it for a number of years. He is uh, incredibly talented. But there at his gym, there's a girl there named Trinity. And she is a fan favorite, man. She's such a cool kid. She is like the nicest little girl I, I've ever met. She is so, I mean, she walks up, she got her little space buns in, and she's got this big smile on her face. And she's like, hi, how are you? Can I have a hug? And you give Trinity a hug. And she's like, how's the baby? And I'm like, oh, Trinity, you're so sweet. She's the the nicest little girl in the world until she steps on the mats. And then she turns into this utter warrior. Like, I've never seen, it's in the coolest of ways, right? Like, Canaan's very first day at jiu-jitsu, very first day. He's there, he has no clue what he's doing, and I have permission to tell this story, and I'll, I'll give his follow-up after, I'll give his commentary afterwards. But he shows up, first day at jiu-jitsu. Gets on the mats, he learns the move, and then they're like, okay, now it's time to spar. He gets paired up with Trinity. And, I mean, Trinity's this little sweet girl, and she's like, hi, it's your first day. I'm so glad you're here. All right, let's spar. Like, she just changes, man. Like, even her facial expression, she's, and, and he says, the, the buzzer goes off for the bell, I mean, he didn't even know what happened before he was on his back in an armbar. And he's like looking up at me and he's like, Dad, what's like, what have you done to me, Dad? What is it? And I mean, she just mauls him. I am like, like wolf on mouse, like just, just <laughs> gets him right. And, and the reason I'm able to tell that story is now he wanted me to let you know um, he's been training for a number of years and now he really gives Trinity a, a wicked match. Those two are just brutal. He goes after her. It's one of the funnest things to see when they get paired up together because they're just so aggressive and crazy. But Trinity models exactly what we're talking about when we talk about the prince of our peace. It is this lamb and lion. It is this baby and this warrior. It is this beautiful child and wonderful depiction of what we see in everybody's yards at this time, but it is also the victor who overcomes those things which are trying to conquer our peace. That's why heaven's armies are rejoicing. So we have peace is coming, a new peace is coming, we have peace has come, and the heavens are rejoicing, and now we have peace will leave, but in a beautiful way. John 14, 25 through 29. It says, I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. 
But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift. Here is our gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't, let don't, let, don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I am going to the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. Here is what we have. We have a cosmic war going on for our peace. Isaiah says the warrior and the sustainer of peace is coming. Luke tells us peace has arrived and heaven's armies are cheering. Jesus says I'm going away but here is the gift of peace. The beautiful thing that we have to understand about the peace that we celebrate both now and tomorrow throughout this Advent season is that this peace is beautiful because it is a gift given to us from a person. The thing that makes the gift of peace wonderful is it comes in the form of Jesus. In other words, it is the one giving us the gift and not the gift itself. My boys are in this season right now where they just they are so excited to give gifts. And, and part of me doesn't want to, you know, stop it because it's a really, really beautiful thing. My two boys, Canaan, eight, Zadok, what is he, three, I think. I don't know, I got four. He's, he's somewhere around there, right? And they're both just wonderful boys, and they are so excited about giving gifts. Here's the problem. They ain't got no job, they got no money, and they got no transportation. So what do you think they're giving away to everybody? My stuff, Right? So the other day, they want, to make dad, they want to give daddy the best gift, right? They're like, dad, we want to give you a gift. So they go up to my office. I hear rustling. I hear all of this stuff. And then here comes Zadok, and he's got this bag. And inside of this bag, there's a bunch of printer paper and, and like, important papers that I had on my desk. Wadded up as, like, that tissue paper, you know, that goes in there. So they're all crammed down in there. And at the bottom of this bag, I'm opening it up, and as I'm opening it up, at the bottom of it was my old, you know, dropped a thousand times, beat up iPad. And I pull out my iPad, and he, he looks at me, and he says, Daddy, you like the gift? And I said, yeah, I love the gift. He said, Daddy, your favorite gift? And I said, sure, pal, it's my favorite gift gift. And he said, okay, dad. And he tried to take it. He was going to give it to somebody else. I was like, no, it's my favorite gift, buddy. And you know what's funny about that is this. Um, it was one of my favorite gifts. Why was it one of my favorite gifts? Not because it was the iPad. I've already had the iPad. Because of the heart of my son behind it that wanted to give it to me. When we talk about the gift of peace, and we talk about peace as a whole, the arrival of peace, the peace that has come, and the peace that is left with us as a gift when Jesus ascends, what we have to understand is this. This peace is celebrated not because of the gift of peace, but the person who gave us the gift himself, and that's Jesus. That's what we've come to celebrate, and that is the heart behind the peace of Advent.